0: Hey, another exciting episode. We have got a great guest today. Uh, fortunate enough to meet him, probably almost a year now. Maybe we uh, we spoke a year ago. And Michael Weaver, uh, the Weaver Sales Academy, um, ex-insurance agent, and just one heck of a guy. Uh, so really excited about today's conversation. And learning, you know, a little bit more about you, maybe more for our listeners. I know a little bit. I mean, not too close. We haven't met in person, but we've talked about it. Like, we'll, we'll make that happen.
1: Hopefully sure. soon. I, I'd love to come up. Maybe maybe go to your place up north, jump in the cold water during the winter. <laughs> That'd be a good time. I don't know. But yeah, man, we've known each other for about a year. You came on the insurance buzz and, and crushed yeah. it. So I am uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on. Oh, Yeah. And the insurance buzz, by the way, I mean, if you're not
0: subscribed to that, subscribe to that too. I'm just so big on, you know, like this isn't the only place you should be getting information. For sure. I mean, get it from everywhere. And for me, I know that when I'm in my sweet spot, you know, when I'm in the fast lane, I'm just consuming lots of information from lots of different people. It's kind of like, you know, a cup and you just keep pouring more and more good stuff in it. You know, and if you ever have any... They talk about you know the dirty cup and you got a little bit of dirt in it. Like how do you clean it out? You just add more great water into it.
2: Or the bamboo just, tree.
0: Bamboo tree. Chief
2: Duterte one time spoke oh, about that yeah, where you water and craziness. it takes like however long for it to. It's a actually little grow. bit different
0: analogy, but it's a really good one. <laughs> Still
1: a good one. <laughs> it Takes like five years. You have to five. water it like every day for five years. I'm pretty sure it's either five right? or six, and then one day it just like, boom, explodes. to yeah. an obscene height, yeah. like within yeah. like
0: the next. I don't know. Month it goes like three hundred feet, like something
2: crazy. It's nuts. Yeah,
1: it's it's wild. Yeah. And and Michael, totally when <laughs>
2: so Kevin knew you. I've heard of you a lot through the industry. So I think I mentioned this to you. I've been working for Kev for eight years here at Ideal Trades. Love every part of it. And I talked to a lot of agents. So you're pretty famous in the industry. But when <laughs> I looked it up, I looked up Michael Weaver, and. It's so funny. You look like the actor, Michael Weaver, a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever looked this up, the Canadian actor who is uh, ah. from the movie Super Troopers. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: Uh, y- yeah, I've seen Super Troopers. <laughs> pretty, sure. pretty
2: funny movie. Yeah. And I looked yeah. and I was like, but that's not him. And then I typed in the word insurance and then you start popping up. <laughs>
1: no way. All right. I'm yeah. have to look this up now. That's good. Well, you know, Super Troopers is a great movie. I might actually yeah. have to watch that this weekend. It's it been a while since me. I've watched Super Troopers. <laughs>
0: So, you know, one thing you just mentioned, by the way, is come up, you know, I mean, it's, we like being on the lake when it's, when it's warm. So we'll do skiing and wake surfing like you do as well. I see, see the videos of you and Courtney on the lake doing that.
1: Yeah, Um, man, we try to start, um, I'm a big daily, like I love my daily routine, but part of my routine during the summer, not that we hit the water every morning, but I love to start my day off on a wakeboard. Like there's nothing better than starting your day off on the water. Right.
0: I mean, it's just so awesome, and, and typically, you get the best water, you know, just glass and just yeah. carbon, and yeah, man. just so much fun.
1: It brings me so much joy, like it, it, it's my, the water, I'm a Pisces, all right, so I was born in February, I don't know if that has anything to do with why I love water, but I am a Pisces, and I just, I love water, so if I can start my day off on the water in the summertime or for four or five months. like It sets my it sets up my whole day for success, I feel like. Yeah. It's like, shit, I'm getting in some exercise. I'm having fun. I'm challenging myself. Hopefully, I don't wreck too hard and give myself a concussion. <laughs> right? but other than that, we're all good. Like... Yeah.
0: You know, I'll never forget. It reminds me of when I decided to move to the lake. So uh, my buddy, Rob Schauer, uh, we worked together, worked at a car dealership. He was my manager at the time. And he said, hey, you know, after work, why don't you, you know, hey, come on over. We'll just uh, go to Lake Orion. We'll go on, go on the lake for a boat ride. Simple as that. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And I was like, okay. So I'm following him. I'm like, where are we going? I mean, it felt like we were going to Traverse City, which is way up north. I mean, just carved through the woods, which doesn't feel that Those way now. Trails. That, now that yeah, but where, he,
2: where I know he lives now, yeah. where you showed me, it's all the way in the back. Right.
0: And so we get there. And within five, 10 minutes, I mean, we go out to the middle lake, he shuts the motor off and we were just sitting there and it's like, we had the most stressful day. (laughs) I mean, just (laughs) nonstop. And it was gone. And at that moment, like, I mean, I'll truly never forget. It's like, I'm going to live on the lake. And I literally started the next day. And at that point I lived in my house for only 12 months so it's like, you know, I had to think about the capital gains and all that stuff, but I'm like, I'm going to buy a lot now and start to build, and it's yeah. exactly what I did and bought the lot, and it's like, I have to live on a lake just to know, I mean, the the, the peace that you get when you're on lake, like, all stressors seem to be gone, at least most of them.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if this is true or not, but I have seen research and data that actually says those that live near water have less stress in their life and they actually mm. live longer throughout like their lifetime if wow. you can be around water the more if you can live on water the likelihood of you living longer automatically increases wow tito
2: can we look that up
1: <laughs> back so, check me see my <laughs> <you're, see, laughs> full of it right now i'm gonna use that everywhere
0: yeah. so <laughs> for all you insurance agents out there tip number one move
2: to the water <laughs> Seriously, right <laughs> move to the, to the water move
1: to the water and, and
2: weaver well people do people call you weaver or is it just michael
1: you know i've been called a lot worse in my <laughs> day and i'll respond it's to a good last name thing but you know michael weaver you can call me any, yeah either one man i'll respond to either one so. so weaver
2: you you're on the water right and yeah how long tell us about you know your background where, where'd you get to where you're at starting from day one day one oh, like man. birth <laughs> well, we've been doing
1: that lately, you know, waking up and <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. all right, so taking back so it's because it's been a what ten years now, so i'm thirty five so I started my journey in insurance um twenty one years old all right, so I'll take you back there as a intern, so I originally went to college for law, but I had to get an internship going into my senior year so I could graduate, and so I stopped by a bunch of law offices and banks and they all felt like funeral homes i'm like there's no way i'm going to live here like this is this isn't a a good work environment i just happened to get lucky stumble across um an insurance agent i'd already been turned down by two agents that their offices also felt like funeral homes so it wasn't that big of a deal (laughs) but then i stumbled across one agent that he was younger he'd been in the business probably three four years so pretty upbeat the culture was good there were young individuals in the office like me and um He told me no, long story short, after I went and interviewed, he's like, come back when you graduate. I'm like, well, the problem is, is I have to have an internship to graduate. So I showed back up at his door the next morning at nine o'clock and I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to show up here Every single morning because it was spring break. I don't yeah. know if he knew it was spring I can break. he was like bringing
2: break. the briefcase in, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Whoa, what are you doing here? He's here again. Exactly. <laughs> we'll right. go away. I, I was waiting in the parking lot. I was the first one there. Yeah. I saw him get out of his car, go up. He's like, What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm going to show up every morning until you give me a job. Like, I have <laughs> to have a job. I like it here. And so, long story short, gave me a position uh, as a marketing expert, which all that meant was the cold calling person in the (laughs) office and doing all the chores that nobody else wanted to do. And so that's how my insurance career began. All right. Um, I fell in, I don't want to say I fell in love with it, but um, I was very money motivated at that age. And so he showed me a check that was larger than, than my parents honestly made in three to four months of, of working their nine to fives. And I was like, I think I can do something like this. Like, yeah, I, th- I think I'd be okay making checks like that. So yeah. I finished school, um, started, started insurance and, uh, worked as a producer for three years. And so you asked my background of how we got here to this, our dream home on the lake. I mean, at that point in time, uh, I mean it just a little over 10 years ago, I was living in a 360 square foot apartment in independence, Missouri. If anybody's familiar with independence, it's, uh, also known as the meth capital of the world. Oh um, so uh, it's uh it's been a fun journey going from living paycheck to paycheck. Cause as a producer, I only made a base at 24,000. The commission schedule wasn't that strong, but I didn't know any better. Cause I was just a 22 year old hungry individual that, um, looked at it as a paid internship kind of. Yeah. And uh, I was, I was sold on a, a dream and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to get there. So between me and Courtney, um, and she's not with us today, obviously, but we've, we've been business partners ever since we opened the agency in 2014. Back then we were making a combined household income of less than 50 grand we we're cutting out freaking going to all these going to different grocery stores cutting out coupons like just trying to do whatever we could to to get by and um and that's why I think the insurance industry is so powerful and why I encourage anyone I know to get into it um Even though we decided to leave, we left for different purposes to to really fulfill our passion and and our love for what we do in the coaching and and training side of things. But it opened the door for so many things. I mean, if you do your research on, on the financial services industry, it produces more millionaires than any other industry in America. And you get to do something that you get reward. You get it. You're the protector of assets as right. an insurance professional. You yeah. get to make sure that if you're doing your job right on someone's worst day. They're financially protected. Like I always tell agents, like you were, you wear an A on your chest. You're the protector of assets. Like you're like the Superman's mm. of the world of just able to protect people's finances and I think it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. And so we started a new market agency with State Farm in 2014. uh, So that was three years after, so you were at the agency for three Mm -hmm. years, right? Yep, so I was a a producer for roughly about two and a half, yeah, two and a half years, because then State Farm has their internship. Okay. So, um, and then five did grand- you
0: meet, when did you meet Courtney?
1: Like how were you ah, married then or <laughs> great question? Great question. So, um, I met Courtney about, let's see. So I would have moved the position. So I met her February of 2011. Um, and I would have started being a producer and uh, July of 2010 after I graduated. So about nine months, eight, eight to nine months after I started the insurance journey and I sold her mm-hmm. on this dream. All right. She did not yeah. want anything to do with insurance. All right. Like our very first date, I picked her up in my 2011 Chevy Malibu LS baby. Like <laughs> what up <laughs> adult big boy car. <laughs> like before right? then I was super bikes freaking sports cars. Like let's go be irresponsible. Well, now that I have a big boy job, I better drive a big boy car. So I got my my uh, four cylinder their Chevy Malibu picked her up with Brian Tracy playing on the CD psychology of selling. Nice. She's like, what is this shit? That we're listening <laughs> to. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting better, baby. I'm getting better. Um, was so she just bored like, of the yeah.
2: idea of insurance like everyone else
1: or what was she not about? Yeah, she definitely was bored of it. So she, and she watched me. So obviously as a producer, it's not real glamorous. All yeah. right. We're not making a lot of money. I'm working extremely long hours, even as a producer. And um, but I sold her on the dream. I sold her on the the ability and the opportunity to have the life we want. We're big. We're big into vision boards. And so even then, a year a year into our relationship, we're doing vision boards. What do we want out of our life? And I, in insurance, insurance solved that. All right, and the the money that you can make within the insurance and financial services sector, I really thought could solve that problem. And so, the, and long also something that you should know is I'm very passionate about. Um, so my dad was a union worker and, Mm. um, when, during the 2007, 2008 ordeal, yellow freight, they actually just went bankrupt actually just a couple weeks ago. All right. So, um, he actually lost his job permanently. Okay. But even during 2007, 2008, he had to take a pay cut and they quit giving, uh, contributing to his pension plan. And I watched what that did for him because he had to go get three jobs, Mm. um, stress. And I just knew that I never wanted to be, I never wanted anyone to be responsible for my finances besides myself. And that's what took me onto my sales journey, my sales career, being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Cause I want to be in charge of my own income. I want to be in charge of my own future. I don't want anyone to be responsible for me. Right. Right. You know, the thing that Um, recently that I've I've looked
0: at income as, and it allows us the opportunity to have choices, and it provides this path of freedom. So we can have, we can make choices on which restaurant we go to or not go to. It can be on the people we hire on our team or not hire. And so it just opens up so many more choices. And when we have more choices, that's kind of like winning. And freedom, right? So people think about, well, I want to be financially successful. And then the, the, it's the dot, dot, dot is so that I can one day go to my kids' events, take vacations when I want to do, retire when I want to retire, and know that I'm okay. You know, that freedom
1: to be able to do all those things. And Money's a tool, baby. It's just like we tool. were. Courtney and I were just talking about that. Like money is the tool that allows us to live the life. We want to live, to have the time, to have the freedom to go to a restaurant and not even worry about the bill and just give them the credit card to go and be able to, we just took a, you may know this, Kevin, like we just went to Italy and Greece and we were gone for almost four weeks in May. We're going to Peru for a few weeks in October to hike Machu Picchu because we have the team that's able to run the Mm -hmm. business while we want to live the life that we love. That's what we always say, like create the life that you want and build the business or career that, sus- that helps you sustain that lifestyle yeah. that you want to have um and we're very passionate about that like money i I don't want to say i love money but i love what money does for me what what it can't what it allows me to do the people yeah. it allows me to help i think i think money's but it's just a tool it's just a bunch of green paper
0: right right and a little shameless plug i think jen's going to help you out on that trip with your mm-hmm. travel society to peru right
2: <laughs> Jen's going to get more viewers and business than we are from this <laughs> yeah, podcast. No. Well, Mike reached out and he's like, your wife's yeah. a travel
0: agent too, right? And she's yeah. awesome at it. But um, no, yeah, I mean, f- of course you can't go after the love of money. And I did not even believe that I went after the money. I did like to win and with winning comes more, but I, I never went after it because that's I, I wanted it to hold on to and keep and it's
1: it's a tool. Like, yeah, no, When I mean, when I've obviously you grow a lot as you just through life experiences. And so definitely when I was young, 20, getting into the industry, I was definitely motivated and driven by money because money was meant security to me. That's what it meant. It Mm -hmm. meant that I'm safe. Um, Now, even though we were living paycheck to paycheck and it didn't feel super safe, it was still some type of security for me. Um, now, throughout time, I've learned, again, that money is just a tool. I'm not. It's sure it's security, but it more so is is how I finally understood how money works. Because there's an unlimited amount of money, and you are going to make money based off of the value that you provide. So the more money that you make, it's because you're helping more people. That's mm, all money right. Money is a tool that is an exchange of value. That's it. Yeah, right. And so you if know, you want to make more money, be more valuable.
0: So true. And I think too many people have the scarcity mentality that there's not enough, and we share the same thought: like there's an unlimited supply, but you have to make yourself valuable enough if you're looking to get more. And of course, you know the same thing goes along with whatever you can believe is what you can achieve. So if you don't ever see yourself making and you can just fill in the blank, then you never will. And if you think you're going to make that this X amount, then that's what, that's probably right where you're going to fall. Are you going to end up?
1: And it's funny. You bring up the scarcity because scarcity is scarcity is, um, it's not fun and i think that we all probably deal with some type of scarcity especially throughout your business career your entrepreneurship career when things get tight maybe maybe things in the insurance industry the rug gets pulled you feel like the rug gets pulled out from under you you don't know how you're going to make payroll and so you have these scarcity beliefs that may come up from things that have happened in your past all right let's just face it it's it's all these things that have happened in your past these these core wounds or memories that you have from maybe your childhood or growing up watching your parents fight over money or watching somebody whatever it may be and so the one thing i always have to remind myself when it comes to scarcity and abundance is scarcity is a i have to have whereas abundance is i want
0: right yeah
1: does that make sense like i want like or i'm sorry i have i need all right i need that scarcity i need this i need that Mm -hmm. i want is a totally different belief system right
2: right so psychological
1: exactly and you're going to attract what, what you were just saying kevin like well, I don't. I don't want any more bills. Guess what? You're attracting more bills. Yeah. Well, I don't want any more problems with my staff. I don't want any more turnover. Guess what? You're gonna be yeah. attract turnover. Like you want. Right. You want great people. You want. You want more money. Like that's what you want. But you're like, I need. I need. I need. I need. Yeah. I don't. I like. I don't want. Well, the universe doesn't hear. Doesn't hear that. If you've ever read the book The Secret, um by Rhonda Byrne, I highly recommend it. I read it like two to three times a year every year. It talks oh, about yeah. um law Two of or three
2: times. Yeah. How long's the yeah. book?
1: It's not it's short. I think it's like a four-hour, five-hour listen on Audible. It's pretty mm-hmm. short.
2: Good for you. Yeah,
1: but it, it's all about, you know, what you think
0: about you can achieve. I mean, you know, yep. bring mindset. It, well, I mean, you'll create the universe will work toward in your direction. You can bend the universe based on what you believe in. And, and it's just because there's so many points that are happening around the world that you cannot keep track of everything. And so you focus on what you're thinking about. And so, you know, the classic example, you know, is what kind of car do you have? Okay, great. Well, you notice all of the same exact cars on the road, but I don't, you, you notice all the black Jeep Grand Cherokees I probably don't see him. You happen to see him. You have one. I see you him all the him. time now. Right, yeah. right. And so when you switch cards, same thing. Like you probably, you know, so along that same line. It's your reticulating, activating system that just makes your statements that you believe in so true. And it'll happen because of it. You'll see it, or at least you'll believe it for sure.
2: So the topic of value that you're bringing up, it it gets me going. Um, you guys both had more sales experience than I do, but in my, you know, what, what's led to my success is I'm always thinking of how do I build more value for people? And when I listen to other people's calls at our company and, you know, sometimes it seems like, Oh, well, I checked off the whole list of, you know, how we can help the agent. And it's like, well, what, what value did you bring? Yeah. You know, how much value did you build? And it, it, Stems from, you know, obviously getting to know them, building the rapport, finding common ground, and then identifying what they're looking to accomplish. And it doesn't always have to be like, hey, let's cut to the station, sign up. It's like, wait, first give them something. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big proponent of like Zig Ziglar. Like you help enough people get what they They want, want. then you'll get what you want. Yeah. And the most unselfish way. Yeah. That's how I've been living and it's helped me. Um, So value is huge.
0: So many salespeople. Just go into the mentality of their their pitch, and they can't wait to say what they want to say, and they miss the gold that that their client has given them. They're telling them information like yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: anyways, you know, I shot like, a seventy four yesterday, wait. yeah, and it's my best best uh, round ever. Okay, well let's get back to ideal traits and yeah, what we like, can provide. Are you, are you Whoa, hiring? you're like, wait, <laughs> what did you say seventy four? Yeah, you're kidding. That's amazing, I never shot that.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. I I love what you are hinting at, Kevin, because it's the best sales people, professionals in the world are the best listeners. Yeah, like there's a reason we were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's mm-hmm. like ask the question, shut up, and just open your two ears and listen actively. Right. Don't don't be listening to like move on in the conversation just so you can say what you have planned. Like actually listen. And then reiterate what they just just said that shows you are listening to them. Repeat what they just said. Dig into it a little bit. Like Um, that's one of the best tips you can, I mean, this is one of the best tips any sales professional can, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If you are a great listener, you are going to more than likely be extremely successful in sales because you're going to Mm. be different. Every other salesperson that the customer talks to, They're just like, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get to the point. Let's let's just get you signed up. It's like, just hold up. Like, actually give yeah. a shit and be curious about <laughs> who yeah. you're talking to. Like, curiosity is yeah, an amazing yeah. thing. If you're just curious and ask questions, the customer is going to tell you exactly what they will need to tell you. And they're going to like you because the more somebody talks – the more they like the person asking the questions.
2: Yeah. Kevin, you never brought up curiosity before. No, oh, no, never. <laughs> Kevin talks about that every day, you just know, getting curious.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, um, I can vivid memories of talking to my sales team and, you know, when speaking at uh, at conferences and speaking to hundreds of agents, and I would always say that I wanted them to talk about anything but insurance. Right. Anything. Like if I walk through the back sales room and I hear about Disney over here and I hear about golfing over here and sewing and swimming and kids softball, winning. Like we're winning. Like we're going to have a great day. If all I'm hearing about is features and benefits and deductibles and payments, then it's not going to happen. So spend any chance you can get possibly. If you hear a dog bark, I would tell them like, Oh you, what kind of dog do you have? Right? Yep. And then they might be like, ah, stupid mutt. You know, and it's like, oh, well, okay, that's not the topic to talk about. And then, you know, what kind of cars do you have? And they're like, oh, I got a suburban and a Malibu, and I got a nineteen sixty seven Chevrolet Camaro candy apple red with white racing stripes. Okay, do you want a deductible on that? Or you be oh, can say tell that, that or cars are baby.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Or, right. <laughs> You know, or if they come into the office and they have a big belt buckle on or a big hat, like what do you do? You are like that's an amazing hat. That's a cool belt yeah. buckle. Tell me about it. Like anything, please talk
1: about anything but insurance. You piqued and, my interest with the '67 candy apple red Chevy Camaro SS. What engine do you got in that, Kevin? Exactly. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know. I mean, that's what my buddy had in high school. He he had one of those, and it was sweet car. But anyways, it's just. You can hear in their their voice changes, the inflection changes about what's important, Mm -hmm. right? You know, hey, um, we can't talk tomorrow because I'm going to my grandkids' volleyball game. Volleyball? And and we used to play this word game where if you just said the last word of what they said, you could have this complete conversation. So you'd be like, volleyball? Yeah, yeah, we're going to volleyball. It's a tournament in Chicago. Chicago? Like, yeah, you know, this is the first year in Chicago. Last year was in... Orlando, Orlando, <laughs> you yeah. can keep going. And then the, Go the, the other one would just be say, and what else? And what else? And what yep. else? And just keep it going, talking about them. And then pretty soon, you know, they've got 1000 words and you've got 100 and they're like, you're the best person on the planet. Like, you're so cool. And like, well, I didn't do anything here. All I'm trying to do is learn, right? And just get away from the topic of insurance you're hitting on
1: on so much value right now kevin because it's so many people and i was i I went through this at struggle as well like i thought everything had to be perfect i Mm. need to have a perfect conversation i need to just get to the point of where i'm actually like educating the customer on insurance or getting to the point where that mindset is once I flip flop my mindset and I started talking to people like people like old classmates right. or old coworkers that I was catching up with. And I quit, I quitted, I quit sounding salesy and I was just myself. Yeah. Game changed. Like, ultimate game changer. Cause then you become relatable. You have things in common with yeah. people. You're just not somebody on the other end of the phone. You're somebody that actually has something in common and you're not just going down. Okay. So what kind of cars do you drive? Yeah. So what's your date yeah. of birth? And let's not uh, forget
2: you're, you're having way more fun. You're enjoying yep, your job yep. more
1: versus going over that checklist. Right. Fulfillment, which is a really big deal. The number one reason why people are leaving their jobs right now is because they're burnout. Especially in the insurance industry, think about it with all the, with all with all the shit going on. And I'm sorry, I don't. In I here. hopefully I'm allowed to cuss on this because I, I'm not gonna say. Anything it's only crazy, been but, shit. Yeah, but hey. you're good so far. If going, we, or anything, can bleep it out, if we need to, yeah, hit the button. But with everything but going on right now, from claims to rate increases producers have an extremely hard job anyways. And then you just stack this mountain of problems on top of it. And they're not having conversations that just light them up on a daily basis that make them fulfilled, that make them feel good about what they're doing. And they're just worried about trying to save somebody money. And if they don't save somebody money, they're not making the sell. And you're going to go through people like crazy like the days of transactional selling, I'm here to tell you there is a radical transformation happening within our industry that has, we've been allowed to do it over the last 10 to 15 years, but there is a transformation coming that you are going to have to get back to connecting with humans. Now technology is going to make all of our jobs easier, but the one thing that tech cannot do is the human connection that people crave. Millennials crave it, the Gen so you're 14 to like 25 years old. The data shows it. Like there is a human connection. People want that holistic approach. They want that go-to person that they Mm -hmm. can trust. That when they have a problem, they can call them. You need to become the one-stop shop for your customers because if you don't, somebody else is going to.
0: Yeah.
2: For sure. The no like, and trust. I mean, as simple as that.
1: I just
0: met this guy last week. Is in a charity golf outing. Um, my buddy Ryan. He's my buddy now, just because we've had so many, you know, connecting points. Is like really cool guy. But he's like, you know, what do you do? Blah blah blah. I got do, you know, I was an insurance agent for so many years. And he's like, my insurance agent. He goes, you might know him. He, you know, he's in downtown Lake Orion. I'm like, no, I don't really know him. He goes, but I I go to him because I trust him. And you know, if the rates go up, like I'm not leaving. Because I like him, and he was just quite—he was just quite frank about that, you know. And I wasn't trying to pitch him insurance, but he wouldn't have taken it if I said, "Hey, go talk to the guy who, you know, Matt, who purchased my agency." He was like, "No, I—I I like my guy, and the rates go up, and we call and we talk, and but we chit chat, and and yeah, I like him, and that's the reason why I stay, and it—it it can't be, you know." Overstated enough. Businesses
2: need more Ryan, but it starts with the business owner, like actually treating their customers right, building yeah. the loyalty, building value, as we were saying, for sure.
0: In a, in in so clients, the first time you 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 attract them, is you sound so different when you start talking about them, because they've heard, and their their internal goes off, that the alarm goes off. Like I'm talking to a salesman here. I'm talking to a salesman when they have that salesy voice for and sure. all they start doing is collecting data. And, it's, and, and you, when you sound different and you set yourself apart is when you just make a, a massive difference
1: um, compared to competitors. And it's so 90% of consumers say they'll pay more for something. Right, 9 out of 10 people say they'll pay more for something. This includes insurance. 96% of buyers buy off of a motion. Yet, so many within the, I know we're talking in the insurance field right, right now. All you're concerned about is money. Yeah. And you wonder why all your customers concerned about is money. Because that's all you're concerned with. Yeah. Totally like we call
0: we used to call that selling out of your own pocket so if you if 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 there's producers out there that are struggling then they project that on their clients who they're talking to also you must be in need too and you probably don't want the best package the best coverages
2: you probably just want the least expensive and can't sell out of your own pocket what he said, I was like writing down the stats. Right, nine out of ten say they will pay more for something. It's like, whoa, whoa! But Starbucks and Lululemon, <laughs> right? Why, why are we paying more for Starbucks? Uh, I remember my ex, you know, ex girlfriend always wanted a Starbucks. I'm like, but that's another two dollars. Uh, but the, I don't. He loves like it. Starbucks and Lululemon. I mean, the material mm. you you buy those clothes and they never wear out. And you know, it's yeah. a trend. I do have some of that,
1: but it's like $170 for a pair of joggers. It's like, what am I buying here, man? Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it's, I don't know. It's so true. And look, and but it goes back to the, again, so we talked about mindset earlier. We talked about scarcity mindset. Now we're talking about fears. All right. So the fear of rejection or the fear of bothering somebody, all right? Like there's lots of fears, imposter syndrome. Who am I to even be an insurance professional and make these recommendations? All right, my financial situation is even, even secure. Why should I be recommending a product to help secure somebody's financial situation? when my? So you have all these, th- everybody has all of this work that needs to be done and these fears that have to be worked mm-hmm. through. Yet it's the thing that nobody talks about. Typically all the coaching that most people get out there is just do more, just make more calls, just spend more money, just hire more people, just work more hours, just do more. Well, more <laughs> of the wrong shit just equals more of the wrong yeah. stuff, man. Like more is not always the answer. Um, Anyway, I'm gonna get off on a tangent there, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where yes, 100% selling out of your own pocket. Like you're not their accountant you don't know their situation. Your job isn't to save them money. Your job is to make sure that they are adequately protected. That's what you signed up for as an insurance professional that on their worst day, whether it's a car accident, whether their house burns down, whether they lose their life, that financially they have a plan so that they don't have to suffer financially emotionally. You can't really help with that, but financially, if you do your job, right. You can make sure they have a plan so that they don't have to worry about how they're going to make the next mortgage payment. So they don't have to worry about the rental car that they should have, but you didn't put on their policy. Their house is going to be rebuilt the way they want it, not an actual cash value policy that's only going to pay like 60% of what it's worth. Like just do the right thing and you're going to, you're going to be just fine in this, in, in this profession, in this career. But it's about doing the right thing, developing yourself. I'm big into development. I'm big into growth. Um, If you're you're listening to this right now and you're struggling, you're not making the money you want. You're not hitting your goals. You don't even know if this is for you anymore because I have these conversations with agents every day. Start developing and growing yourself. It is the best investment you'll ever make. The investment in yourself to become the master at what you do every single day is the best investment you'll ever make. Totally
2: agree. That's super important. And that's a good transition to talk about some of the stuff you got going on, Weaver. I was looking that up last night. Um, talk about how you got into Weaver Sales Academy, your passion behind it, and what yeah, you doing. We were going agents. down that
0: tr- that path, and then we we got interrupted. Well, and yeah, we, we, because we, us three are like top. all
2: over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I,
0: we got to go back to he's three years in, he met Courtney. And yeah. You finished your, that, 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 that. your three years, and you're about to make it on your own.
1: So that was a crazy time in our life uh, and that will eventually lead into Weaver Sells. But I already told you, like I, Brian Tracy, I listened to that guy, psychology of selling every single day on the way to work every day on the way home for work for 18 months in a row. So since I've, since, since the beginning of my professional career, I've been huge into development. I didn't make a lot of money. I told you all combined household income, paycheck to paycheck, less than 50 grand, um, but always was reading books or going to seminars or something and and that three year period that you just talked about kevin honestly i i proposed to courtney may 29th in mackinaw island michigan Ooh, All right, yeah. okay <laughs> shout I out had, I had this glamorous plan. I'm like, oh, we're going to this beautiful place. I had this rock figured out that we're going to hike to. We show up and it is 28 degrees and sleeting. I'm like, there goes (laughs) the plan, baby. So, so, but anyways, all right. So I figured I'd tie it into Michigan. It's Mackinac Island. If you've never been there, you should go visit a magical place. So within a six, so within a six month, eight month period, I'm sorry. So I proposed because my opportunity hadn't come about yet. All right. No opening. I just got tired of it. I'm like, all right, I met the girl of my dreams. I want to marry her because the whole plan was wait till we get a business to keep saving. So bam, I propose. Well, guess what happens about six weeks later? I get approached about a new market scratch opportunity and the place I wanted to be in. I'm like, cool, let's do it. I interview. I get it. So that's in August, October. We buy a house and move to the town we're going to. In February, we get married. April 1st, we start the business with $5,000 to our name. All right. Oh, that's it. Like I probably shouldn't have been given an agency, but my production track record as a producer uh, made up for, for my lack of financial funds, you could say.
2: Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Oh, that's man. stole uh, stolen. you were going to steal it. it for me. You know, I'm sick of it. <laughs> so true.
1: So that's when, my, that's when the business ownership career started, April Fool's Day of 2014. Um, and we came out of the gates and it was... Uh, I was one of those guys that used to preach more because that's what I was taught uh, mm-hmm. when I was working for them Just do more, just do more calls, just do more. So um, after I burn out a few employees, burning myself out um, about 18 months into the business, I was like, things have got to change. All right now we were producing, we were making money, but it was not fun. It was not fun at all. I actually yeah. was at, at a position where I was like, this sucks. Like, the companies on my ass, my, my territory leaders on my ass, like my employees, they aren't, they don't enjoy what they do. Me and Courtney are working all the time. Cause we are working together. Like it wasn't fun. I wasn't having fun. I'm like, I can get into a lot of different things and make just as much money, if not more, <laughs> more at that point in time and have mm-hmm. a lot more fun and a lot less stress. And so at that, I mean, man, I'll tell you like three months into the business, I had to have a conversation with my employees because they were going through like a round a roll of toilet paper a day. And I'm like, guys, where, where's the toilet paper going now? That yeah. was a bad manage. That's bad leadership. I shouldn't have had that conversation. I should have been like, it's okay. It's just a roll of toilet paper, dude. Yeah, but, right. but that was that, was scarcity, mindset. Scarcity, that <laughs> scarcity mindset. That's that scarcity mindset creeping up on <laughs> me. All right. So um, as a new business owner, you're like, you're trying to figure out every way you can to save money. That's the problem is when you're always focused on when yeah. you don't have enough, you're going to attract of, I don't have enough. All right. So, okay. um, um, anyways, the first eight, every year of being a business owner is a learning experience. Every single year I learned something new. But those first 18 to 24 months were hard. 26-year-old, never ran a business. I could sell, but I wasn't a great leader, wasn't a great manager. I think I was an okay janitor at that point. Like I was cleaning <laughs> up the office pretty well. But <laughs> like you learned so much, but I learned that you cannot get to where you want to go by yourself like I could produce and produce and produce but I I couldn't duplicate myself if I couldn't empower my team if I couldn't if I didn't have the ability to empower and delegate things to my team there was only a certain benchmark that I would be able to grow to as an individual and at 24 months it just hit me I'm like things have got to change it's not about more it's not about just putting products up on the wall to hit the goals that the company sets for you it's not about the money it's about doing the right thing for the team and it's about doing the right thing for the customer cuz here's the thing is if if your team if you if you treat your team well your team is going to take care of your customers period. And it takes a village to be successful. Not that I wasn't treating my team nice before, but I wasn't setting them up for success. Period. They were coming into their job and just trying to like hit the, make more calls, do more quotes, hit the numbers. Right. They didn't actually know their expectations and how to win. They didn't know how to have that quality conversation that we preached. They didn't know. They just didn't know what they didn't know. So now and neither you, did right. I. which led me into Weaver Sales Academy. Like, I don't want agents to have to struggle like that. Like, yeah, we made decent money from the get-go because that's all we had because we didn't do internet leads. So we were cold calling, referral-based, developing centers of influence. Like, we didn't have money to spend. So you, you you have three things as an individual. You have time, you have skill, and you have money. Well, we didn't have money and we didn't have a lot of skill, but we did have the same 24 hours everybody else has. So I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and sacrificed. And if I could go back and change it, I would hope to say I would. But at the same time, I didn't, I didn't know any different then. Like I was working 18, 19, 20 hours a day, tying my worth to my productivity. And I still struggle with that today, tying my worthiness to how many hours I work. Um, and am I doing enough? Am I being productive enough? But at that time, I didn't want my peers to struggle the way I had struggled. I didn't want them to feel like they made a mistake. I didn't want them to feel like, shit, I'm not having fun. I'm working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, and I'm barely able, like, what, what is this all for? I felt like I was letting my team down. I felt like I was letting my family down. I felt like I was letting myself down. Um, and so once we figured it out and we started consider feeling good about what we did, making great money, processes and systems. I mean, after that two and a half year market took us about a year, 12 to 18 months to establish the processes and systems. So by the time 2000, mid 2016, we'd have been three years, three total years into the business. At that point in time, we had a great staff. The office ran itself. Me and Courtney started traveling because we haven't been blessed with kids yet. And so that first year, we went on a 36 days out of the country to Thailand, New Zealand, Australia. I didn't work the whole time. I came back to only three hours of work. And I'm like- this is what it's about. (laughs) We're making money. We're traveling the world. I barely came back to any work. This is what it's about. This is why I signed up to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. Like not only are we helping people with great products, but I get to live the life I want to live.
0: Right. Which led to choices and freedom, right? You had freedom to do what you wanted to do and make your choices. That's right. That's awesome. So what were some of the, maybe the biggest things that you changed from, so at two years to this trip, probably tweaked and changed a lot of processes, but maybe a couple of the big rocks that, um, that you did that would make a difference because yeah. someone could be struggling with exactly that. They could be in the where you were at two years right now.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I approached, I I changed my entire leadership model. So let's just walk through some things. So I, and I definitely want to cover the big rocks too, because I think that's really important. But what I started doing is I started having team huddle meetings two times a day. All right. So that's, so we had a huddle in the morning, huddle in the afternoon. That was the first thing. And so what is a huddle? A huddle is just like a mini team meeting. That's like 15 minutes long. So um now before the team huddle, we trained every single day, sales training for 15 minutes every single day. So we from 830 to 845, we sales trained from 845 to nine, we had our first team huddle of the day where we talked about, hey, what's on the agenda today? Who are your hot leads? What appointments are coming in? How are you going to win your day? All right. The one o'clock daily huddle was a where are you at? Have you accomplished what you said you were going to accomplish today? Yep. If not, what are you going to do today to make sure that you do accomplish that? So we implemented daily huddles every single day. Um, production meetings, we did two times a, a week every single week where we had extended daily huddle meetings. Um, I started doing one-on-ones weekly with my team versus at the end of the month. Right. Um, and I'll tell you that the, even though I was in the office every single day, Those one-on-ones were more about building relationships with my team, more about what's going on in your personal life versus what's going on in the business. Yeah, I use it for coaching opportunities. And hey, I notice you're behind on your goals. What can we do to make sure we catch you up? But that was much more of a pure relationship building opportunity that I use that time for.
0: That's great. That's powerful because you have to have that relationship with their team because if they don't really like you, they're probably not going to work very hard for you or work very long for you and when you can show them that, you know, they're valuable, that definitely is going to go a long way. And it's so typical and so synonymous with the best agents in the country that they all have meetings, some sort of training and meeting every day. Like it's just this consistency of every morning before you get going, some sales training or some huddle of some sort um and just you know the effects that in my agency too literally from day one to the last day meeting every morning before nine o'clock because when the phones came on at 8 30 we had our huddle we did our sales meeting we, we talked about numbers and because if you don't know where you're going you don't have your goals in place and if you're not tracking how do you even know where you're heading
2: and being from both sides of that it's like in the beginning, you don't like it, but then you get used to it mm-hmm. and then you start actually really enjoying it, especially when you're crushing your goals. You're oh, like pumped yeah. to tell the team and, right, you know, get everyone fired up, whether it's remote or in the office. Yeah. So.
0: And we carry that through today. I mean, we do, we do all the same thing. I mean, every morning the sales team meets and, and reviews, reviews, phone calls and looks for opportunities. And it's, Super important to do.
1: And I think the biggest thing with team meetings, because like, I don't want you to meet just to meet, have an agenda, have a plan, be intentional, be proactive versus reactive. Like that's going to go a long ways with getting your team bought into the team meetings, make them productive, make them fun. Yeah. All right. Like that was the other thing I started doing quarterly meetings every where I got the te- close office down for a day or two every quarter to talk about what we did. Well, the next quarter's plans took them out for a fun activity, um, which we typically would go out as a team anyways, like at least once a month, but those quarterly meetings like shut down and let's focus on, on development growth and get a plan in place. So from a leadership perspective, I got much more consistent communication. Okay. Um, Then when you want to go tactical and tangible, I had processes and systems for everything. Period. So um, it didn't matter if it was like, I actually just jotted these down while we were thinking about it. So like recruiting, what is your recruiting process? Because you always have to be hiring. All right. Okay. Once you do find somebody, what does the hiring process look like? What tools are you using during the hiring process? Like ideal traits, for example, like you shouldn't, like you have to find A players. Again, it's not about more people. It's about the right people. Right. All right? Um. right. Cause an A player will replace what, what's the old saying? An A player will replace three C players and two B players. All yeah. right. So if you have an A player, you can get rid of three C players. If you have an A player, you can get rid of two B players. All right. So, A players are important. Okay. Onboarding for that new person, or how about your onboarding process for a new customer team meetings? I already went through team meetings, the structure of those, what's your training look like? What's your sales training look like? If you're not, you are a sales organization. If you're not training every single day, you're missing the mark. What you just said, Kevin is right. Like the top performers in the industry, their offices train every single day. Your first Your first conversation of the day should not be with a prospect or customer. Your first conversation with the day should be with a freaking teammate. Like if you go look at batters, when you go to a baseball game or softball game, they take practice swings before they step into the batter's box. A golfer, you're going to take a couple practice swings before you go up to the ball. Even my paddle ball, even my pickle ball, not paddle ball. ball, pickle ball. When I'm getting beat by a bunch of like 70 year olds, I'm still training and warming up before I go out and get my butt kicked. Like, I'm still like, man, I don't want to pull any muscles. I got to practice. I got to dink around on the court. Got to get warmed up. You have to warm up. All right, so what's your sales training? Sales processes, All right. What's your new business conversation sound like and look like? What's your cross selling? What are the pivots? All right. What's your appointment strategy? I can keep going through these retention, like your claims process, your late pays, your marketing strategies. How are you filling your pipelines? And you shouldn't have one. You should have five. All right. Minimum three. Goal of five. I can keep going if you want me to. Like this is. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I but that's paused. You know. But that's what I did. Like I got. I developed a process for everything. Mm-hmm. Now where I missed the mark. If I could go back and change it, which is why part of the reason why I developed Weaver Sales Academy about the time I wrote everything down on paper. You don't even have to do that. If you're listening to this right now and you don't have processes, go to chat GPT and say, hey, create a recruiting process for me. Shit. Two minutes later, you got to (laughs) recruit. It's like, so, but here's the thing is once it's on paper, that's one thing. Then you have to execute it. The other difference I would do is I would record myself in every process. I did everything I did. I'm going to record myself on video so that you have an arsenal of material, especially with a new hire. When you're trying to train them on your systems, you've already got it recorded. Hey, this is how you do a change of vehicle. Hey, this is how you do an added auto. Hey, this is how you do this. Hey, this is how you take that payment. And you've already got video training and it on paper because this is really important. Some people, some people like to learn by reading paper. 75% of people learn best through video training software, okay? So now you have the best of both versions. You have it on paper, you have it in video, but the most important part is you have a plan. You still have to execute the plan, all right? You can have the best processes in the world, but if you're not executing them, they don't matter. And if you're not holding the team accountable to them, that doesn't matter.
0: And accountability
1: doesn't mean you're micromanaging. No, Mm-mm. that's a no. misnomer. I don't want you to micromanage. Yeah, Your people don't want you to micromanage either. But you still have yeah. to check. The checker gets what the checker but they checks. They want to be
0: held accountable. I do believe that. Like, mm-hmm. and they they want you catching them. Here's a, a little thing. I mean, we we need to catch them doing things right. Like, how easy is it? I mean, in any day, given day, to find somebody on your team doing something wrong of course right simple mm-hmm. like oh they said that they blew that closed they you know they didn't do this they didn't say that and then you catch them doing something right like now that that's powerful that helps
2: yep they're right. a really tough day yeah we've had those now we could go on and on um before we wrap this up and we because i want to know how everyone can connect with you too i wrote down a lot of questions but i'm going to ask you two One, do you still have the vision boards that you were talking about (laughs) earlier in the call?
1: They're right over here. (laughs) I literally just (laughs) found
2: mine from like seven years ago and I showed it to Kevin. So I thought that was awesome. Two, how often do you play pickleball?
1: I play pickleball... Too much. All right. So this is like a season of my life full of hobbies. So like I'm wakeboarding in the morning. I'm playing pickleball okay. typically like Tuesday night, Thursday night, sometimes Wednesday morning, Saturdays. If I'm here like last week, I think I played like eight hours of pickleball Um horrible life. Yeah, man. Like I'm starting to golf off <laughs> a little bit. Like it's like, but that's what it's about. Cause that's what yeah. brings me joy. Like this winter, I'll be snowboarding. Like we're going to Sedona right. for three and a half months. Um, yeah. and just renting a place there, getting out of the winter here in Kansas city. You um, make doubles
2: with pickleball. Does Courtney play too?
1: So Courtney, she'll go practice with me, but she hasn't actually came to any, but we always we play as doubles though. Yep. At the little league I go to, I played
2: uh-huh. tennis growing up. I hung up my rackets. I only play pickleball now when it's I go so out there. Fun. So fun. It's it's fun. Yeah.
1: Where did you say you're going in the winter? We're going to Sedona. Oh, okay. Yep. We love it there. That's kind of our, our happy place as well. So we're getting away from the water, but the water is going to be frozen over anyways. So we're going to the desert, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah. Sedona, the red rock.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's my favorite place in the United States. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, again, like create the life you want and then build a business or career route that supports it.
0: So one thing I like to ask um all of the the people we have on the podcast mm-hmm. is I noticed that most successful people have this morning routine. And so I'd love to know what yours is.
1: Yeah. Or do you have say so- we don't have to wrap this up yet? I don't know what y'all got going on, but I I got some time, baby. All right. Cause we haven't even got into the weird salty so adventure yet. All right, my deep do- I part am- two. That would be awesome too. I am a more, I love morning routines. Look, and I understand that not everyone is a morning person. Like my wife, business partner, spouse, like partner in crime, she's not the morning person, but she still has a routine. All right. But I am in my ideal, my ideal morning what I try to do every single morning. Now I'm not perfect. Some mornings I hit the snooze button. Sometimes I sleep in, but my, my perfect morning routine is, I've been getting up at 4:30. I used to be a 5:02 guy. Now I'm a 4:30 guy, all right? I wake <laughs> up, I go down, I do my workout. When I work out, I then crawl in my sauna and I do a sauna for 30 minutes at 140 degrees. While I'm in the sauna, I will do a meditation, um and I also do a prayer and a grateful exercise. I get out, I go upstairs. I'm going to read, which I listen to an Audible for 30 minutes typically. Mm-hmm. Um and then I will journal for about 10, 15 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. Um, and then I typically will go walk the dogs with Courtney, kind of have a morning conversation. We'll come back, either jump on the wakeboard, have a cup of coffee together. Then I do a cold shower and then I got my day, get my day started. So nice. that's like a perfect morning routine for me. Yeah. My non-negotiables. Cause I'm really big into taking care of your physical self, your emotional self and your spiritual self. All right. So My non-negotiables, even on the days that I, I wake up late or hit the snooze button, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my 12 minute hit workout in. Anybody can work out for 12 minutes, like 12 minutes is fast. I'm going to do my sauna because I meditate in prayer. And then I'm going to read my book for at least 15 minutes. Like those are my non-negotiables daily. They just make me feel better about myself by 7 a.m. in the morning. I've already won my day. Like it's, it's just addicting.
0: It's like, yeah.
1: And if you don't, like, don't you just feel off? You're like, yeah. If I don't, it's like this, I'm I'm not this grouchy, but it's like a Snickers commercial, man. Like, <laughs> like I sleep in and all of a sudden I'm just drowsy all day. I'm not as clear. I'm not as well-spoken. My creativity is just shit. It's like, I should have just stayed in bed the whole day. Right. Like I need to go out in the right. lake and just put my feet in the water. Weaver, who is yeah. your, who are you? If you're not satisfied
2: <laughs> on the Snickers commercial, who would you be?
1: I don't know. What What was Robert De Niro or not Robert? Uh, who's the little guy?
2: Oh, Danny DeVito? Danny. Yeah, Danny <laughs> DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> It's so (laughs) funny because he literally just brought that up to me.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's our, yeah, I mean, our next guest wrote a book
2: and had that in a chapter and
0: has that in there. So we literally were talking about that an hour
2: ago. We got to send that (laughs) book to you. You'd you'd like it. What book is it? Yeah. It's called Don't Shit On Me. Oh,
0: look. Yeah. Speaking of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Which was the
2: most popular swear word of the day. She's actually hopping on the Zoom in like four minutes. Oh, no.
1: Suits. okay yeah. perfect we'll, we'll roll then so um i appreciate you guys having me on yeah i know yeah. we didn't really talk much um i i'd love to come back on and talk more cells and um yeah. just like this was good but if any of you are if you guys want to follow me like we try to put out a lot of great free content for insurance professionals that's kind of what we pride ourselves on um follow me on social media just michael weaver you can find me anywhere facebook instagram twitter linkedin tiktok youtube yeah. um I'm not the I'm not the Michael Weaver Canadian uh, actor for <laughs> Super Troopers. I'm the Michael Weaver. <laughs> you gotta look See that, that up. Active listening, baby. Let's yeah, run. come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, find me on social media. Uh, the Insurance Buzz Podcast is um it's awesome we release a new episode every monday thursday and then we have a book i wrote a book a few years ago ago called game changer taking your insurance agency to the next level um it, last time i checked it was actually the number eight business insurance book on amazon nice. um so check it out awesome. i get lots of great great feedback on that um other than that i just appreciate you guys if we also weaver sales academy i know it's got brought up a lot a lot for sure uh, I work with uh, over 5,000 insurance professionals across the country right now. What we specialize in is helping you make money, helping your team make money, be the best they can be. We have a 10 day new hire training program that will take your brand new hire and get them up and selling in a multi line sales conversation, comfortable enough to ask for the sell in seven days. We have an eight week tenure training curriculum that will, the data shows. After 90 days of being on our program and going through that eight week curriculum, their auto fire and life insurance production increases by 40%. We have closing technique, curriculums. We have pivot training <clears throat> curriculums, anything you can do from a producer standpoint to increase your sales. We are your partner. We are yeah. the best at what we do when it comes to that. And so if you have any questions, again, Weaver Sales Academy, you can Google it. WeaverSA.com is a website. Hit me up. Would love to have a conversation with you. Yeah.
2: Guys, reach out to this guy. Seriously. I know.
0: I mean, again, you got to look at all your options. You you might like your training now, but you have to just open your eyes and um, open your ears and just be willing to listen, which is why we created this to expose um, all of the basically the top and the best secrets in the business. Hey, and here's so. the
1: abundance thing. You can have multiple you can have multiple coaches. You can have. Well, you I have should. four coaches right now. You can have multiple trainers. Like right, it's it's uh yeah, there's plenty of people out there to to help and ensure. So, yeah. um, but but man, I appreciate <clears throat> uh, appreciate both of you, Kevin and Jeff. This has been an absolute pleasure.
0: Last question: Do you still do you let the microwave end, or are you pushing the button before? <laughs>
1: You're not pushing that button. What like, is that like what he like asked you well, on the podcast? He had a <laughs> conversation on his
0: podcast and it's like I don't even know who brought it up but we were all like wait I do that too. <laughs> no, no. Like when the microwave it's going down it's like five, I push four, I end it. It's like end it before so weird. Every time. Yeah. It's like I sit there I'm like I'm going to let it stop and yeah. I have okay. even <laughs> sent him a picture. Cuz you don't want I'm to hear like, the buzzer?
2: Or is no, it just no, a weird I just like,
1: Ready to get it and grab yeah. it. It's gotta Eat be it. warm. There's only like three seconds. <laughs> like, well, I don't wanna wait another three. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just leave it on there, man. My team used to be like, Michael, just right. let it go to zero. I'm like, right. there is a zero. Who are we working for? This guy's happen. weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. But hey, um, thanks again. We for sure will will have you on again and shoot, man. Even could be a regular. Like you you've got you bring so much wisdom and um we fly him out the, we'll
2: pull up a chair for him yeah
0: right we we'll take we'll him have surfing out he'll show off because we didn't even get to this polar dip the guy does
1: polar dips every day in this lake really yes it's crazy yeah. so during the during the winter time but now that we're leaving i'm gonna to have to buy a cold water plunge so yeah i know what right? well, you, you just create a hole
2: it's like frozen are you saying
1: so, so um, sometimes it's frozen. Sometimes it's just like cold, right. obviously, because yeah. here in Kansas City, so the water averages around 33 degrees, 34 degrees. But yeah, when it's frozen, like last year, I had to break like four to five inches of ice at one point in time so I could get down in it. And, yeah, we should have a challenge with
2: everywhere. him. Should we do it? Yes. Oh, We sent no. a video to him and we like show him the temperature that we did and he's got to beat it. Oh, no, I'd rather... But you him... can't chicken out. You can't just like take a video of me doing it. No, I'm going to... I'm gonna for, decide for five that minutes. Day.
0: Do it for five minutes. <laughs> I right. do do this. do this. I do do yeah. at the end of my shower every day. Now, now I put it as cold as I can. It's really not that cold, but Hell I do. Yeah. It it doesn't go all the way to zero
1: or the. <laughs> no, but that's so good for you. It's yeah. so good. I've learned. It's I've been supposed doing to it be great, three like three
0: for years. your nerves and everything. Like it's supposed to, you know, nothing shocks like you. Like Darren Hardy, you. you ease into
2: it, right? Yeah. yeah. Darren Hart is great. He is great. Thank you, Weaver. Appreciate you hopping on, man. This has been awesome. Check this guy out. For sure. You got to
0: check him out. Weaver Sales Academy.